What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining with us today. Can you guys help me welcome everybody that's watching online and everybody at our Lighthouse Point location? Man, we're so glad to have you guys with us here this morning as we are in week two of a series that we are calling Advance. And really, this series was birthed out of the the idea behind a a verse um, in in Ephesians chapter three, where Paul says, man, I'm forgetting what is behind me and I'm pushing forward to what lies ahead. And he's, he said, I'm gonna press on to the upward call that God has for us. And here's what I know about our lives is that a lot of times in life, there, there's a lot of movement that's going on, but we aren't necessarily, while we're moving a lot, we aren't necessarily advancing forward into everything that God has for us. And the word advance means to move forward in a purposeful, way. And my hope for you this year, my goal for you this year, my goal for us as a church this year is that we would move forward into everything that God has for our lives in a purposeful way, that we would forget our past successes, we'd forget our past failures, and that we would press on this year like we never have before to see God move in super, super amazing ways. And so that's the hope for for every one of us. And and so I was thinking this week, um, uh, particularly uh, uh, about, I don't know about you, have you ever, in fact, I, w- I want you to kind of answer this question. Have you ever walked up to a, uh, a home or a business where there was like a, a, a maybe a pit bull or there was a Rottweiler or, or maybe there was a, a Doberman that was there. And as you're walking up that, that dog you see and you're, and you're not really sure if that dog is on a chain or not, but you're like, as you're walking up, you're like, oh man, if, if this dog is not on a chain, I better be ready to run. Anybody ever kind of been in one of those situations? Okay. Maybe, anybody ever seen a movie with that situation? Okay. Okay. Anybody going to respond to me? Okay, okay. Just checking. Okay. And, and so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about like, and, and if you're in that situation and aren't you glad when you, if in real life, when you walk up, you realize that the dog is on a chain. So like, you don't have to be scared because the last thing you want is you, is like, if you've ever seen a movie, like a dog running up at you and then the, the chain snaps and they're like up on their hind legs, like, you know, just like ready to bite your face off. And, and, and so, some of y'all are like, what are you telling this for? This makes no sense in church. It's gonna make sense. I was, but I was, so I was thinking about that, that I was thinking about this idea of advancement. And I was thinking about this idea of the chain and how life sometimes can feel just like that. It can feel like it has got us like chained up and locked up just like a dog on, on a chain where we're like, man, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna move forward? And can I lock this on my own? I don't know. It's a good question. This is, this is way harder than I imagined in my mind. Uh, yeah, I do. Can you help me, Anthony? Hey, everybody, this is Anthony. I know, no, come on, come on. Just jump up here. Just jump up here. Put that, put that, put that through there for me. Okay. I didn't realize this was going to be so difficult and just kind of squeeze that. Okay, perfect. Anthony, you're a lifesaver. Come on, give it up for Anthony. And, and, and like you, you are chained up and, 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 it, and here's the deal. You, you thought that, you know, you hear the word advance and you're like, oh man, that's awesome. That's, that's what I want to do this year. And you start to move forward. But then all of a sudden something kind of jerks you back. Yeah. 
Have you ever felt like in life, like while, while there's a lot of opportunity, there's, there's only like a certain circumference that I actually get to, to operate in because there is this thing that is holding me back in life from fulfilling and pursuing everything that God wants. And it's like, man, I, I, I wanna make progress. I hear things like, man, you're, this is the year that you're gonna see the miracle. And this is the year that you're gonna have the breakthrough. And this is the year that it's gonna be advancement. And I start to run into that, but then tomorrow hits. And it's like, oh, I'm stuck in the same place that I've been in, not just, not just yesterday, but in 2022 and 2021. And it's, it seems like I can make no forward progress in my life. Why? Because I'm chained to something. And, and, and just, it's just like, this is the realm of life that I can operate in. It's right here. It's this little circumference. And this is all that I've got. And, and I can kind of go around and around and around, but I can't really make much progress beyond this. And, and, and it's like, man, I, I can reach, but I can only reach so far. I can go, but I can only go so far. And it's hindering me and it's keeping me from everything that God wants to have happen in my life. And, and you're like, man, you know what? Like, I, I, I want to move forward, but then my anxiety hits and I'm right back where I was. I want to move forward, but then, but then depression hits and I'm right back where I was. I want to move forward, but then that fear hits and I'm right back where I was. And when I started thinking about the progress that God wants us to make, the advancement that God wants us to make, I was thinking about what is the thing, what is, like, what is the area, the, the biggest area that, that holds us back, that chains us up, that keeps us captive in our lives? And the thing that kept coming to my mind was our thinking. And so if I was gonna talk to you about something that would, that would change and allow you to advance forward, because I think for a lot of us, we've got some stinking thinking and what we need today is we need some advanced thinking in our life. Like we need, we need to change the way we think. In fact, the apostle Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 12, verse two, he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He says, man, if we want to transform, we got to change the way we think. And I know some of you are thinking, well, like Pastor Dieter, is this a Tony Robbins seminar? No, no, no. It's not a Tony Robbins seminar. Like, like, but there is something that we have to do because a lot of us, what, what, what happens is a lot of us go, well, you know what? I, I'm just going to pray this thing away and I'm all for prayer and I think you should pray. In fact, we believe in prayer a lot. We're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. Prayer is an important thing, but here's what happens for a lot of us. A lot of us, we pray about something and we pray about it and we pray about it and God doesn't move. And then we think to ourselves, well, well, that didn't work. No, what didn't work is, is that you prayed about it, but you did not change your thinking. Yeah. And in order to change your life, you're actually going to have to change your thinking because if your thinking is broke, it doesn't matter how much you pray about it, you're still going to have brokenness in your life because you have never changed you're thinking, like if you have insecurity plaguing your relationship and you go, God, please take away the insecurity. God, please take away the insecurity. That's awesome to pray, but the moment your spouse hits your insecurity, all of a sudden you're gonna get defensive and the peace is gonna eradicate out of your relationship. 
Why? Because you have not yet changed the thing that is the problem. And Paul said in order for you to become a new person, you don't just pray about it. You actually have to do something about it. You have to begin to change the way that you think if you want to change your life. Because in order for you to break the pattern, you've got to change something that you're doing. And think about this. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, before he understood the science of cognitive thinking and behavior, long before any of that stuff ever came out, he goes, hey, here's what needs to happen. He goes, here's what happens when you think about something a certain way for a long time. It creates neural pathways in your mind that all of a sudden what you think about all the time becomes your your." Your pattern, it actually becomes your fallback. It becomes your habit. So, so if we don't change the way that we think, then we will continually fall back into the same pattern that we've always had in our life, that we'll be thinking the same way, we'll be acting the way, same way, we'll be saying the same thing. And we're going, well, why do I do that? Because that's the pattern that you have in your thinking. And we have to begin to change this and you have to begin to go, well, 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 well I, this, this has got to be better because here's the deal. No matter how many New Year's resolutions you make, no matter how much you will yourself, if you don't begin to change your thinking, you'll never be changing your actions, which will never change your life. So here's the deal. A lot of you, you blame God that he hasn't taken something from you, but God's not the problem. Come on, can we have church here today? Can we get real? Because a lot of us, we're blaming God for things that are actually our problem. He's actually given us the solution. We've just been unwilling to take the step to find the freedom that he actually has for us. Because when we begin to change our thinking, all of a sudden it'll begin to change our living and that will change us into the new person that he's actually called us to be. And so what does that mean? That means we, we don't get caught in the trap of comparison because that comparison trap is the pattern of this world where, where you go, well, I wanna move forward, but you're trapped in that pattern. We don't get trapped in the pattern of, of insecurity. Why? Because that's a pattern of this world. He says, no, no, no. You don't, you don't want to conform to the pattern of this world, but you have to be transformed. So I don't know what your pattern is here today, but God is calling us out of something. And this is exactly why Jesus died on the cross for you. Yes, he died for your salvation. That's an awesome benefit, but that's the starting point. That's not the ending point. That's why, that's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, my purpose, he said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And last time I checked, this is not a rich and satisfying life. In fact, Jesus said this in Luke 4, he's, he's actually gone to the temple, he's opened up the scrolls and he's gone to Isaiah. And this is what he reads out of Luke 4, uh, 18 and 19. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord of the year's favor has come. Now, now, when we read that, some of you are like, well, what it, what the year of the Lord's favor, like what, the time of the Lord's favor, what, it, what does that even mean? Well, let me explain it to you. It's called the year of Jubilee. 
And in the year of Jubilee, which was every seven years and every 50 years, what would happen is, is that in the Jewish customs, all of your debts would be forgiven in that year. Come on, somebody, we need to bring the year of Jubilee back. So all of your debts would be forgiven. If, if you worked the land, if you were a farmer, you would leave your land barren that year so it could recover, the soil could recover. If, if you were a slave in that year, you would be released and you would have freedom. It was called the year of freedom or the year of the Lord's favor. And it happened every seven and every 50 years. And what Jesus is saying here, when he comes on the scene, he goes, hey, I am the Jubilee. Like the year of the Lord's, like your freedom is purchased. Your, your debts have been purchased. Your life has been purchased. Like you don't have to wait for a, a time on a calendar. You can experience this every single day of your life. You can experience the year of the Lord's favor, your freedom right here, right now, because that's what I've come to do. And that's some good news for everybody here. In fact, in 1 John chapter 3, it says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So how do we destroy the devil's work? Like, what is the key to us seeing that happen? I think 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says it best. It says it like this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Because if you're trying to fight a spiritual battle with, with earthly means, you're going to lose that battle every time. He says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now that word stronghold is an interesting word. It, it, it literally is a house of wrong thinking. So, so think about this. So what the enemy is wanting to sell and the lies that he's wanting to do, what he's trying to do, and this has happened to me and this has happened to you, it's happened to all of us, is at some point the enemy comes knocking on your door and all of us open the door to check on who it is and what happens is he sticks his foot in there. And for some of us, the way he stuck his foot in there is somebody abused you and it was a terrible situation, but they abused you and you began to believe the lies that you started putting in your mind. And all of a sudden what has happened is the enemy has built a stronghold in your life. For others of us, it's the words that have been spoken over us you're stupid. You're never going to amount to anything. You're ugly. You can't do that. You're fat. You're worthless. And those lies crept in and the, the enemy got a foothold in there. And all of a sudden you started believing the lies. And now the enemy has built a house. And what happens for a lot of us is we become comfortable with the lies. And we start replacing those lies or the, the truth with the lies that the enemy has been feeding us and it's actually become our default pattern. But Paul doesn't end there. He says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. He says, this is how we win. Man, we have to take captive every thought and what we have to do is we have to make it obedient to God's word. Like we, we've, gotta, we've gotta look at the thoughts and we've gotta go, man, is that thought coming from God or is it coming from something else? I, I love what it says in Luke chapter 11. Jesus is saying this. He says, when a strong man 
armed to the teeth, stands guard in front of his yard. His property is safe and sound. And this is what, this is what I believe the enemy has done. He's got a stronghold in there and he's standing in your life and he's standing there proud and strong. But it says, but if a stronger man, and I think that that's the person of Jesus comes in along with superior weapons, then he, the devil, is beaten at his own game and the arsenal that gave him such confidence is hauled off and his precious possessions are plundered. And here is what I'm praying for you here today, church. Here's what I'm praying for you, Lighthouse Boy. Here's what I'm praying for you, person sitting in your underwear, eating Doritos at your house. I'm praying that today, that what gave the enemy confidence will be eradicated in Jesus' name. That the lies that you have, you've been holding on to will be broken down in Jesus' name. That the strongholds that they, he's built up will be torn down in Jesus' name. And that you won't live under the constraints of the things that have held you captive any longer because God has got a key for you. And if you'll take advantage of that key, he wants to unlock everything that's available to you in your life so you don't have to live constrained anymore. So if you want to go over here this year in 2023, you have the freedom to come over here. If you want to venture back here, you can go anywhere you want because you're not going to be held back anymore, but you're going to advance forward into everything that God has for your life. And what's gonna happen is our circumference is grown, it's gonna grow, our territory is gonna get larger, and God is gonna take us into spaces and places that will change and challenge our life. And so I wanna give you three practical tools. I wanna give you three keys that I think are critical for you to be able to walk in the freedom that God has for you, particularly when it comes to having some advanced thinking in your life. The first one is this, is you have to take back your thought life. You have got to take back your thought life. That's why Paul said, I take captive every thought and I bring it into submission to the word of God. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, but you don't have to think every thought that comes into your mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's news for some of y'all. <laughs> and let me also say this, every thought that comes into your mind is not from God. Yeah. Some of the thoughts that are coming into your mind are from you. Some of the thoughts that are coming into your mind are from the enemy of our soul. And let me just tell you something. The enemy of our soul does not want to see us advance. He wants to see us chained down. And we've got to recognize that we do have an enemy that's out there. The Bible says it like this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, the enemy, when he comes in and we start believing those laws, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the spirit, think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. And a lot of us, we know that. We know that, that when, when we allow sin to control our life, and we see death in our relationships, we see death in our friendships, we see death in so many different areas. I mean, how many of us over the last couple of years have heard something about someone? We've taken that information We've let it run wild in our mind. We've come to conclusions about those people. We've made decisions about those people without ever even talking to those people. 
Well, pastor, I know what they're thinking. Oh, really? You're in their mind? No, it's our sinful nature. And when our sinful nature gets a hold of the, our mind, what it does is it always causes death. Trust dies, relationships die, passions die, purpose dies, but it says, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of y'all could use some more life and peace in your life? I don't know about you, but I want life and peace to be running my life, which means that I've got to take back control of my thought life. Like, I'm not going to let my mind run wild with every wild, irrational thought that comes through. What that means is that I'm going to stop periodically when some things are going through my mind and go, hmm, I wonder if that's from God. Huh, I, I, I wonder if that's true. Huh, I, I, I wonder if that's what God would want me to think. I think it's an important thing that we stop periodically. I remember when I was a 19-year-old kid, I had, I had man, my mind was, was crazy. I had crazy ideas. I had crazy thoughts. And, and I was doing this internship in Texas, and I had a, a guy that kind of oversaw the group of a, a portion of the interns. His name was Chris Bradshaw. And I remember he pulled me aside at, at one point and he said, man, TJ, your mind is causing you all kinds of problems. Like you need to get control of your thought life. And I'm like, I have, I have no idea how to do that. And, and here's what he told me to do. He said, TJ, here's what I want you to do. Every day, I want you to write down when your mind just starts going crazy. When it starts thinking all these things, I want you to write those things down. I want you to, I want you to start to identify the things that are in your life. I, I want you to start to look at what is going on in your life. And I realized that as I started identifying the wild, crazy, irrational thoughts that were in my mind, the more I started to identify them, the, the less and less they started coming into my life. Yeah. It, where I would have 10, 20, 30 of them in, in a day, all of a sudden it would become every two days I would have that many. Or every week I would have that many. And, and what I started to discover is that, that what was happening is that the pathways and the patterns of my mind started to become reformed because I didn't have to think every thought that I thought. Because if you don't do that, the enemy will have a heyday in your life. And for some of you, he's been having a heyday for a decade. And we've got to take back control of our thought life, but we can't just take back control of it. Number two, we have got to identify the lie. It's not enough to just say, hey, I'm going to take it captive. I actually have to identify the lie because if the enemy is speaking, John chapter eight says, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of all lies. I, I'll say it like Bishop Dakes, the devil is a liar. You know, that's like, I mean, that's the reality. The devil, he is a liar. And you've got to stop and go, is that a lie? In other words, I have to go, is the thought that I'm thinking right now from God? Does the thought that I'm thinking right now line up with God's truth of his word? Yeah. Is the thought that I'm thinking right now Actually, what I know about that person, is that in their character? Is the thought that I'm thinking right now in correlation with God's purpose for my life? 
Is the thought that I'm thinking right now, uh, is it in alignment with what God says about my future? And you have to stop and you actually have to identify the lie. Well, pastor, that sounds like a lot of work. It is. Last time I checked, you don't just wake up one day and have intimacy and purpose with God without putting in some work. Last time I checked, you just don't wake up one day and your spouse loves you and your family's passionately in love with God. That doesn't just happen. You have to put some W-O-R-K into it. So you have to stop and begin to identify the lie. Like, where am I believing a lie? Where are you believing a lie? I don't know how it got there. I'm not sure how the enemy got a foothold in your life. I'm not sure what what trauma took place to make that happen. But what are the things that you're thinking and do they actually align with God's word? What are you believing a lie about yourself in? What lies are you believing about God? What lies are you believing about others? What lies are you believing about your purpose and your future? Because if you're allowing the sinful nature in in your mind, it's feeding you and it's leading you to death. But if we start to look for truth, what it does is it brings life and it brings peace. And so we can't just identify the lie. Number three, what we have to do is we have to replace it with something. We have to replace the lie with God's truth. You've got to replace the lie. Ephesians chapter six says it like this. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He says later on, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. And so here's what he says. He says, you have to take the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, and, and, and you've got to have a prayer life. It's not enough to just go, man, I'm going to take my, life, my thoughts captive. I'm going to take my thoughts captive because like, I don't want to be changed. I wanna, I'm going to know the lies. In fact, some of you, most of you can, can name all the lies that you're believing. Yeah. And that's awesome, but that's not enough. You can't just go, God, I want to stop believing the lies. Amen. I know based on the laughter, you're like, oh, that's the prayer I prayed this morning. (laughs) No, you actually have to replace the lie with truth. Let me explain it like this. Purple cow, purple cow, purple cow, purple cow. Is anybody thinking about a purple cow right now? Okay, the reason I did that is because I was trying to change whatever you were thinking on. See, what I could say is, don't think about a purple cow, don't think about a purple cow, don't think about a purple cow, but that doesn't work. What I have to say is I have to say orange elephant. (laughs) Because you have to actually replace something in your life. Because when you're insecure, you just can't go, I'm gonna stop being insecure. 
I'm going to stop being insecure. I'm not going to be insecure anymore. That doesn't work. You have to go, no, no, no. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That, that, that God so loved me that he gave his one and only son just for, like, uh, that's how you overcome being insecure. Like, I can't just go, like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I've got to do better. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to be a better Christian. And what will happen is you can't do that. You have to go, no, no, no. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So I can live this Christian life. I can move forward in power. I can move forward in authority. It doesn't matter what the world has told me. I can overcome all things because of he who lives in me. Man, I'm going to preach in this because I've identified a lie. And I'm replacing it with truth. So here's what I want to challenge you with today, church. How are you going to advance with this? How are you going to advance and unlock the areas that have kept you trapped? And I think that if you're going to do that, you, you have to determine, now, I'm going to take my thought life. I'm going to take it captive. And I'm going to begin to identify the lies. And here's, here's going to be the problem. A lot of you are going to go, well, I've got to go. I'm going to go identify every single lie. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Pick two or three. Don't try to take them all on at one time. Pick two or three of the lies and go, you know what? I, I, I'm going to identify these lies. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to know exactly what they are. And here's what you need to do. Then you need to go to Scripture. And you need to find some truth that combats it. Because what does the Bible say? You shall know the truth. And what does the truth do? It sets you free. Knowing the lie doesn't set you free. Knowing the truth does. So you got to get some truth in your life. And that's the problem. A lot of us, we're armed with information, but we're, we aren't armed with truth. And truth is the key. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that's my assignment for you. That you begin to take captive your thought life, that you'd begin to identify the lie, and that you'd begin to confront those lies with the truth of God's word. Because it's awesome to come in here and to sing songs and experience God's presence. But what's even better it is to overcome and walk outside of this room in victory because you're actually free. So who cares if we come in here and experience his presence, but we walk out still in these. And I'm just, honestly, as your pastor, I'm sick and tired of watching you guys just chained up, just... That's all, I watch it all the time. And I can't change it for you. Because I don't have access to your mind. You know who does? You do. So as a 19-year-old who had all kinds of issues, all kinds of things going on in his life, man, I'd lusting like crazy. I, I remember I'd be walking somewhere and I'd see some girl, I'd be like, woo. Now I had to remember Job 31.1. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look lustfully upon a woman. Some guys, you need to write that down right now. Job 31.1. It's a good verse for you to memorize. I'm trying to help you out. 
as an insecure 19-year-old that would walk in and see somebody else getting accolades and pats on the back and wanting that in my life and thinking about how I'm not enough and my insecurity would begin to rise up and bubble up, I'd have to remember that I'm a chosen person. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm part of God's holy family that he chose me from the beginning of time. That I didn't need validation from anybody else. I didn't need their accolades because I had the validation of God on my life. And the validation of people is great, but if I don't have the validation of God, what, who cares what the person that, that's chained up thinks of me? I want the validation of the person that's already defeated the chains. I began to replace the lies with God's truth. And now as a 44-year-old, there's times where I'm, I'm going through something and, and fear will begin to creep up in my life and God will remind me that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I'm, I take captive that thought and I begin to defeat that fear. Just a couple weeks ago, I walked into our new facility and I was sitting on the stage looking out and I thought to myself, there's no way we'll ever fill this room. God, did I, did I sink this thing? And, and right away, scripture popped in my mind. I said, it, where, where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah. Why? Because we've got we've to begin to filter the things that are in our mind. We've got to begin to identify the lies and replace the lies with God's truth, because if we want to advance forward this year in freedom, we got to take control of this stinking thinking up here, our thought life. We've got to begin to identify the lies, and we've got to put some truth in there and replace those lies with the truth of God's word. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, we love you in this place, and we're so thankful that you didn't just allow us to stay chained, but you actually gave us a pathway to freedom. And maybe you're out there today and the lie that you've believed is that God could never love you. Maybe the lie that you've believed is that, that you're too far outside the reach of God for him to ever even see you and wanna reach you and touch you. And I just want you to know here today, that's a lie. My Bible tells me that anybody that calls on the name of the Lord, anybody, that means you, that means me, that means any person that's alive, it says they shall be saved. They can be changed. They can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like you don't have to wonder if maybe one day at some point, like I, I could work and I could do enough to be accepted by God. It says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while you were in the middle of your stuff, God says, man, I've made a way specifically for you. You don't have to get better. You don't have to get good. You just have to get to me. that he has this incredible gift, this gift of life, this gift of abundant life. And maybe you're here today or you're watching online or you're right there in Lighthouse Point and you don't have the peace and assurance and confidence that heaven is your home and that Jesus is your savior. You can have that today. You can have that with a simple yet significant prayer that changes everything for everybody. It's the starting point to you beginning to experience the freedom that everybody so desires. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you out there today. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray that prayer with you. One, 
two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, one, two, three, four, five, six. Who else? Seven. I see you back there. Anybody else? Eight. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And if you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending the greatest gift you could ever send, your son Jesus, just for me. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, your kindness and your goodness and your mercy. Help me to follow you all the days of my life so that I don't have to stay chained any longer to the patterns of this world. But God, help me to break free, to walk in the freedom, the year of jubilee that you're giving to me right here, right now. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen.